We're going. In three, two, one. You're listening to Cougars and Coladas. Today on the pod, Cougars 101. We talk about how to lose a guy in 10 days, our coffee routines, and what it is we're doing here. Plus, we're giving you an intro to Ayurveda. Hi, I'm Mel. I live in Manhattan. I'm a writer, a yoga teacher, a serial reader, and I work in business development. I am Pitta Vata dominant, but heavy on the Pitta. When I am out of balance, I am snippy, condescending, exhausted, and borderline obsessive about laying around doing nothing. And I'm Laura, and I live in Washington, D.C. You can usually find me out on a run or experimenting in the kitchen. I'm a Vata Pitta type, but I tend towards the Vata. When I'm in balance, I live from my airtight daily routine, but when I'm out of balance, I'm likely lost down a dark internet hole, diagnosing myself with a random ailment or figuring out what I want to be when I grow up. So, who are we? What are we doing here? We're two ladies who used to be mistaken for twins, bonded for life after meeting at a particularly ill-advised blacklight party 10 years ago. Our relationship hinges on coffee, salads being a poor choice for first date meals, and a mutual desire to recreate the therapist scene from How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. (laughs) Never gets old. And I wish I knew the name of that actress because I feel like she's very funny. She's great. And she's in a lot of like really stupid funny movies but she plays her character so well yeah she's a very good actress kudos to you whoever you therapist are. in how to lose a guy in 10 days we'll ghoul you later <laughs> yes indeed mel today was a struggle so i'm here in new york visiting for woo, woo. the weekend and I get to see Laura like one weekend a month, like I'm a divorced father. <laughs> like, <laughs> we are visiting, our visiting rights. Um, and so in Dave's apartment, I'm staying with my boyfriend. He does not have like a tea kettle. So when I make my coffee, my I need to boil the water on the stove. And then I have my beans, which I purchased grounded. But usually when I'm in my own home, I grind my beads every morning and I have my little Melita to make my pour over coffee, which some people my might think is favorite, super, right? Which some people might think is super bougie, but like, no, that is legitimately how coffee is made. That is how I've made it my entire life. You for, hipsters with your like $7 pour overs, like seven, I've seen ones for like $20 with like a, with like a metal filter. Like you can get a billion paper filters for $11. You no. can get half a billion for $2. Like, And if you are my mother, you will take those coffee grounds in your recyclable filters and you will feed your flowers with it. And it makes the hydrant just look wonderful. Exactly. I just composted my coffee filters today on my way over here. Great. See, I'm so proud of you. So anyway. It's environmentally responsible to have pour over coffee. That's the lesson that's, here. Yeah. Cure eggs? No. No. Like, no. 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 Anyway. So some days I'm like on my on point when I have, I boil my water and I'm able to like pour it over very delicately. I do not drown my beans. My mother has the perfect pour kettle, which is specifically crafted to not have the water come rush out so you don't drown your beans. And it is a science. But today, those babies were drowning because <laughs> when I got up at 4.15 to like prep for my long run, I'm training for a marathon, um, and I get up at ridiculous hours to do my run so I don't die in the summer heat. 
I was like, not, it was not my prime time. And I'm like trying to do it and it's like spilling on me and it's like hot and burning and like all over the stove. The worst is when you pour too fast and you get like the splashes of coffee that include the grounds just like on Um, you and it's like just little pinpricks of just burning hot uh, lava. Yeah, (laughs) no, it was bad. I mean, I made lots of coffee today and it like, I got like half of what I needed and it was so sad I was like this is so hard why is this so hard that's but depressing the only exciting thing other than the fact that my coffee was like decent was that I was using the pineapple mug that you got me ah yes I'm so excited yes. I did not use my pineapple mug this morning for all those of you out there who are very curious about what's going on I bought Laura and I pineapple mugs <laughs> at <laughs> home goods yesterday Shout out to Home Goods on 100th and Columbus because they had exactly the pineapple mugs I was looking for. Mm-hmm. In there, these mugs are the perfect coffee shape. They're like I don't know quite quite how to hold the bottom of it. The but you like holding mugs from the bottom. I like holding them around the sides. Like yeah. I like putting my fingers through the handle and then like cupping the mug. You're also very particular because you like your mugs to have like a lip. Yeah, I do like that. And like sometimes Laura knows my my tea mugs have to be tapered at the bottom. They need to be narrower at the bottom than they are at the top and there needs to be a lip on them. And that is like my that's like my tea mug situation. And my coffee mugs are like all different shapes, but like there are some shapes that are better than others. She's not high maintenance, it's fine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it doesn't affect anybody else. If I like go to somebody's house and they make me coffee, I'm not like, excuse me, can I get a different mug, please? <laughs> what do you mean this isn't tapered? <laughs> I'm sorry, there's no lip on this coffee mug and therefore I will not drink it. <laughs> and I think what I also love um, about coffee is, or other than um, that it's, other than the fact that it's delicious, is I like, and I've noticed this, especially now that I'm traveling a lot more, is mm-hmm. that I like the routine of it in the morning yes. because it's very grounding exactly. to have like, okay, I get up. And when I get up, this is what I do. And it's just like a part of my day where I can like What is your coffee routine? So my pre-coffee routine is I'm big on my hot water with lemon in the morning too. So usually mm-hmm. what I do is I will start my, when I'm in my apartment, I'll start the tea kettle. And as it's warming up, I'll like squeeze lemon into a cup. And then before the water gets like really hot, when it's like really just warm, I'll pour it in over the lemon and like have that while the rest of the water boils. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll ground my coffee beans, get my my mug set up. My favorite mug recently has been this mug that I got when I was in Burlington, Vermont last year after I ran a marathon that has a hen on it and it just says laid in Vermont on it. And it's <laughs> like one amazing cause it's hilarious. And two, it's just like, I don't know. It just has like a homey feel to it. So I've been super into drinking my coffee out of that mug, but yeah, it's not really anything special. I grind my beans. I put my bean, my grounds into my Melita I do not have a perfect pour. Sometimes my grounds do do, do drown. <laughs> Sometimes it's it's not a situation. It depends on how like strong armed I am that morning. But you have an electric kettle. I do. So I just I can't actually pour that shit every morning. I actually me? just recently got an electric kettle after I will say at least two years of not having one. Where I was doing the pot over the Melita thing. It was all very like Little House on the Prairie, and so I really decided to. 
you know, go for it and get this electric kettle, but not just the kettle. I also got this bar cart that I put next to my bed instead of a nightstand. And now it's my coffee cart. So I like fill up the electric kettle the night before. And then when my alarm goes off at six, I kind of just like roll around and like smack the electric kettle so that it starts. And then I have all my mugs in the cart and I have my like Melita. So I take a filter out, I put it in there, like fill my, you know, coffee grounds. Then I like pour it over and then I get to like sit in bed and have my coffee and like read or write or do whatever I'm going to do at six o'clock in the morning. Are you religious about making sure that you have water in your tea kettle before bed? Because I feel like I would have that set up and then I'd be like, ah, shit, I have to get up. (laughs) (laughs) Which would like defeat the entire purpose. Full disclosure, I have only had the coffee cart for about three weeks now. One of those weeks I was away on a business trip. So (laughs) of, of those two weeks, I have had coffee in or water in the electric kettle at least 10 times out of 14. So, it's You're doing so great. I'm still on a like a winning record, but I can see where like after a little, a little while it might start to drop off for me. Mm-hmm. And you know, in in that case it's just sort of like my own fault. Like I should just go and get the get the water from the sink, you know, because I was lazy the night before. I have to get my ass out of bed. I can't be lazy in the morning. I mean, I usually wake up and, like, immediately have to pee. So I guess, you know, maybe Mm. if that's not your life. Well, you know, I have my, like, morning routine while I'll, like... So here's really how it goes. It's like my alarm goes off at six. I like smack the electric kettle and then I have to pee and I also have to do my oil pulling. So I do oil pulling with coconut oil. It's very good for my pitta constitution. So I oil pull every morning. So I take coconut oil and I swish it around in my mouth for like 15 minutes. And that's when like the water is boiling and then I'm like pouring my coffee. So by the time coffee is ready, I've like done my oil pulling like rinse everything out and then I can like enjoy it in bed that's a that sounds like a delightful morning it really is you know it's I've grown to like it as a little routine how did you start oil pulling or did you like run out of mouthwash one day and you're like oh this coconut oil will do how did how did tell us about that I actually hate mouthwash and I never really used it but I had a friend of mine who I used to work with who told me about oil pulling and I was like, what the fuck is that? And he's like, oh, it's just where you take like some kind of oil and you like swish it around in your mouth and like gets rid of all these toxins. So I was like, oh, I could like get rid of some toxins. Um, so I tried it with olive oil, which is fucking atrocious. It's so <laughs> bad. <laughs> My brother-in-law actually used to do the oil pulling thing a lot and like we would... <laughs> make fun of him relentlessly and now I do it and I like haven't really told my family that I do it because I'm like I was a part of the problem the, the last time yeah like, the I'm shame the shame yeah so I tried it with olive oil and it was really bad and then I tried it with coconut oil and I liked it but I did it like one time and I was like whatever it's like it is what it is and I, then I actually feel didn't invincible yet yeah exactly I was like oh this is kind of gross like I don't really know what to do like you have to spit the oil into the trash you can't like spit it into the sink because it will clog the sink it's like it the plumbing also you shouldn't do that but <laughs> at least not with Ooh. coconut oil because coconut oil hardens at a very low temperature so melts at 75 degrees yeah. yeah so if it um if it hardens like in the pipes then it can cause issues but during the summer that's not really like an issue and anyway that's my little scientific aside but <laughs> there's 
I did it a couple of times. I didn't really see what the hype was about and I kind of forgot about it. And then it wasn't until I actually, uh, was doing my yoga certification was introduced to Ayurveda that, um, I realized that oil pulling can be a really valuable part of like a morning routine. And I kind of just forced myself to get into it. Now I really enjoy it. If there's a day where I don't do oil pulling, like I always feel gross. And Another benefit, if you're ever hungover and you like feel like you're going to die, you just do oil pulling for 15 minutes and then you brush your teeth and you feel amazing. Like it's great. Do you actually do it for that long? Sometimes like, cause some days I do it and it's like two minutes and other days it's like during my entire morning routine, I'll do it. And it depends. Like I'll do it sometimes if I'm in the shower, cause I keep a jar of coconut mm-hmm. oil, like in my bathroom. Same. Um, so I'll be like, Oh, I'm getting in the shower. Like scoop some coconut oil and like into my mouth and then get yeah. in the shower and do it in there but which isn't super great because then I like feel like I'm like multitasking because like very important you do not want to swallow the coconut oil one yeah like ew <laughs> ew and two like I mean okay coconut oil obviously is edible and it does yeah. not taste that bad but you should not swallow anything that has all of your mouth toxins in it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it won't like kill you but it like but it will make you feel sick it's kind of like yeah kind of like you know swallowing gum when you're a child like you can like do it but like you probably should yeah it's not gonna kill you but it's like not for seven years amazing yeah it's not great stomach Um, or wherever whatever yeah I sometimes do it for that long most of the time I try to do at least 10 minutes like sometimes if I wake up late I'm running around I'll still do it but I'll do it for like two minutes as opposed to 10 minutes which I don't actually think does anything except for like assuage my OCD fears of like not doing it right but yeah I've really enjoyed it and learned to incorporate it as like a daily part of my t- routine and like a part of my Ayurvedic living um so that sort of segues us into our reason for being here yeah I was gonna say Mel is, can you you've mentioned this Ayurveda thing can you tell us a little bit more about it I know it's fascinating so Ayurveda um is a holistic science of health and these definitions that we're giving you have been aided along by our wonderful friends at mind body green because they have put it very succinctly and you know why reinvent the wheel so um ayurveda itself is a holistic science of health uh, focuses on maintaining a physically and emotionally balanced state So Ayurveda is this idea that the balance between the mind and body is the basis for living optimally. So this isn't a religion and it's not a diet, but it is a framework for living your life based on you and your body. And you mentioned that you learned about it in yoga teacher training. Can you, is there like a yoga hook there too? There is. So Ayurveda is an ancient Indian, uh, sort of medical technique, Um, and I learned about this in my teacher training in yoga and was interested by it and actually did a separate Ayurveda workshop to learn more about this. Ayurveda is governed by the principles of three different energies, um, which are called the doshas. The doshas are the way that I kind of like to think about them, or at least what's helped me wrap my head around them is similarly to the way that a horoscope teaches a few things about yourself based on the stars alignment. Um, your dosha balances and imbalances teach you things about yourself kind of based on these different energies. Um, there's three doshas and each one of that three energies make up your physiological constitution. It's kind of like a balancing 
act, wouldn't yeah. you say? Like trying to balance your three doshas and like get the optimal balance for you. And it's not like that can sound really stressful. And I remember when I first started, when you first told me about it after your training, um, I got really into it. And I think the first book that I read about it is looking back, like had value to it, but it was really, it was a little bit too intense for what I was ready for. Um, and I do you think, mean that in the sense that it was like too prescriptive, like you need to do this and like do that, not do this and not do that. Um, I think that I, well, I am by nature, like a very black and white person. Like mm-hmm. I go through phases and I think this is, you know, my constitution also like very much depicts this where it's like I have days where I'm like give me like it is black or it is white there is no gray area like especially if I'm not feeling well I'm like give me the instruction manual on how to like what I need to do to feel better and I will do it Mm -hmm. and then I have other days where I'm like fuck the rules I don't have anything to do with this but I think when I was reading it I one thing that sticks out to me was like about food and how like eating leftovers is like bad or eating frozen food is bad because um you as when you digest your food or it's easier to digest food that's been warm that's cooked than it, it and it's harder to digest food that's raw and if you have leftovers or you're eating food that's frozen the, those foods will always like inherently maintain those cold values and I think I was mm-hmm. reading it and I was like well I kind of like this dosha thing because I love horoscopes and I feel like this is like a different take on that except like this is like completely unattainable and totally ridiculous. Like I'm not going to never have a leftover again. Like I'm not going to not have like cook something and then freeze it. Like right. things like that. It's and not I think, like a hard and fast do this. Don't do that. Right. And I think that might've just also been like where I was kind of at the time. But initially I was like, this is too strict. Like this is cool, but this is like a little too much for me. And I think one thing that we're really trying to convey is that, yeah, like it can be crazy, super strict, but like, it's you not. don't have it's to not. follow <laughs> like, every single like, this rule. This isn't supposed to be like make you crazy. It's just like kind of a, for me and I think for you too, it's just like a different way to kind of like look at your life and look at your body and just like be like, okay, like how is this going to make me feel and how is this going to make me feel? And it can kind of help guide those choices. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I think, I think differently from you, for me, it's, about the opposite. I don't want any rules. I don't want any, like, I don't want to have to follow certain rules to like feel better. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And this is why we're friends (laughs) besides the coffee and how to lose a guy in 10 days thing. Uh, but you know, I don't want any of those rules. I don't want somebody to tell me how I should live my life, but if I have these guidelines, I'm more likely to do things that are going to be better for the way that I feel. Because if it's one thing I want, it's to feel good. And I make no mistake, I am that person who will feel miserable just to like prove that I don't have to do what you say. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) Very true. Uh, Let me tell you a story about five years ago when I moved, six years ago at least, when I moved to Manhattan. And uh, it was, you know, 2012. And it was the middle of the winter. And my mom one day, just one day, randomly called me and she was like, well, do you have a puffy jacket? And I did not have a puffy jacket. And I was like, I don't need a puffy jacket. I have my wool coat. I'm fine. (laughs) This was six years ago. And when did I finally get a puffy jacket? Because I decided to give in to my mother's suggestion this winter. (laughs) 
does your mother actually remember giving you this suggestion? No, she doesn't. I actually brought this up to her this winter when I said I finally got a puffy coat. And she was like, you didn't have one? And I was like, no, five years ago, you told me to get a puffy coat. And I was like, fuck that. I don't have to do what you say. And then I didn't get a puffy coat for five years. And I was just freezing my ass off for five years just to prove a point. See, for me, so that's who I am. <laughs> for me, like my way of dealing with winter is pretending it's not there. And then like once that polar vortex hit, I was like, shit, man, this pea coat is not going to do. <laughs> you know, the polar vortex, I did not have a puffy coat. I did not have like a down jacket. I had a wool coat and I kept the wool coat because I was like, fucking polar vortex. I'm stronger than you are. I see you. (laughs) I see you, polar vortex. (laughs) I see you, polar vortex. I know what you're trying to do. But as I mentioned, I am am a Pitta dominant. So uh, we'll get into that in a minute. But right now, let's talk about Vata. Uh, So Vata is Laura's dominant dosha. Um, so Vata types tend to be really creative. Uh, they're quick to learn and grasp onto new knowledge, but they can also forget it pretty quickly as well. Uh, they're really excitable people, lively, fun to hang out with. There's a lot of joy and enthusiasm and a lot of different things when they're in balance. Um, and when they're stressed and a little bit out of balance, they're afraid, they're really worried, and they're very anxious. So it's kind of flip sides of the same coin. You can be really enthusiastic about something, and then if something's troubling you, you can be really enthusiastic about being concerned about it. Laura made, makes this really good comparison where being an out-of-balance Vata is like having t- too many tabs open on your computer and your internet browser. And it's like my brain has too many tabs open. Exactly. And you just don't know what to do. I feel like that description of the Vata makes me sound like Dory from Finding Nemo. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to leave that there. (laughs) I will let you leave that there. Maybe we'll unpack that at a later date. (laughs) I just feel like excitable, easy to forget. Famous Vata characters, Dory from Finding (laughs) Nemo. say she's a little out of balance I wouldn't say she's she is a very out of balance vata but she's definitely a vata right so the pitta quality or the fire energy is Mel's dominant dosha think fiery think sharp-minded good concentration powers Um, they're very orderly super focused they're assertive Um, their self-confidence is generally through the roof and they're entrepreneurial at their best. When Pitta's out of balance, you can think super aggressive, demanding, and pushy. So, you know, whenever you're with family or like in a work meeting and you're fine and then all of a sudden things start to build and build and build and all of a sudden you totally snap, that's your Pitta like shooting out of balance. Um, Hence me not buying a winter jacket for five years (laughs) because I thought my mom was trying to tell me what to do. (laughs) Mom's always right, guys. So our third dosha, our final dosha, is kapha. Um, So kapha is the more easygoing, relaxed, and slow-paced dosha. Uh, Kapha people tend to be really affectionate, loving, and nurturing. They're compassionate, non-judgmental. They're very stable, and they have a lot of energy, but it's really steady and enduring. So while pitta people may take their fiery energy and like go all out on something for a short period of time, 
a kapha person is really much more likely to have a sustained energy, almost like a garbage truck, you know, where you're like steadily pulling along. And there's a lot of weight that a garbage truck holds, but like doesn't move that fast. It's kind of like kapha people. Not that kapha people are garbage. They're all very wonderful. My father, gonna... my father is a kapha person. I was going to say like <laughs> Oprah. Yes. <laughs> Oprah is a kapha person. Perfect example because Oprah has just been crushing it for the last God knows how many years. But like she's never over the top, like in your face about it, except for like the you get a car thing. And that was one time. And that gift will never die. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> will never die. It's just always. Do you always... think of like the tortoise and the hare? Like slow and steady wins the race, man. That's your. For sure. Yeah. That's and kapha. that's what the kapha is. It's my, my running mantra sometimes. Slow and steady, steady wins, wins the race. Don't worry, guys. I'm not winning any races. Winning to me is crossing the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. I support that. I've never run more than 500 feet at one time in my life. It's okay. You make so... really good marathon signs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so what qualifies us to talk about Ayurveda? Absolutely nothing, but we're okay with that. We have no certifications in this. None whatsoever. That's okay. But we're two gals with an interest. We're, try- we're just trying to live our best beta. So come hang out with us. We'll figure this out together and we'll have some fun conversations along the way. Want more cougars and coladas? Check us out on Instagram at cougars and coladas or online at www.cougarsandcoladas.com. We can't guarantee you that there will be any content, but maybe eventually there will be.